Hello, and welcome to the 14 Questions Podcast. Or, of course, uh, thank you for coming back. (laughs) (laughs) I've got to say that. Yeah, I appreciate the thank you instead of welcome back. Uh, We we appreciate those. It's it's very sincere. We've had some uh, technical struggles. Listen to one or more episodes. We, We thank you. There's some gratitude involved. I was alluding to the, um, you know, sometimes shit happens reference I made last time. <laughs> Technical shit. Yeah. It always happens on port 22. Mm. Mix mm. minus what? <laughs> Just kidding. That, Anyhow, that folks, is well. Here we are. That is well. What are, we, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're talking. Okay. So we're going to keep This one's going to be. Actually, this is going to go from what we thought was going to be light and then touch on some. What could be actually heavy? We could actually go into some in-depth shit on the backside of this, but um, yeah, it might go. It might go a little sideways. We'll see. We'll see where we land here, but uh, probably need fun. a future episode. This one, I mean, this is well. We've chosen. Go ahead. It runs everywhere. Like it just—you can't stop it. Well, it's it's controversial. What we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. People love it or they hate it. I mean, it's been around for. A hundred years, almost. I, I think. think so. Yeah, I've got a great um, article here, and I'm going to reference it right out of the gate. But anyhow, we're, we're talking about spam. Yeah, the lovely, of lovely cammed meat from. Uh, I think who makes spam? Hormel. Hormel. Yep. I think it's Hormel. Yeah. So they make spam, and uh, like, what a long and sordid history this meat product has. So I have a great article here. I'll just throw this out to the listeners. It's eatery.com, a brief history of spam, an American meat icon from culinary tradition to object of scorn and back again by Aaron Degesis. Written in 2014. That is a hell of a byline (laughs) just for spam. Yeah. Uh, because it's interesting, you know, spam, you know, it comes in, I'm sure most people are familiar with this rectangular can uh, that it comes in. You peel off the top and you're like, what the fuck is this? Is this dog food? Is this something else? I don't, I don't know, but it's delicious. And it, like there are markets where. Uh, uh, whoa, 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 hold on. You, we don't want hate mail. Okay. Some folks find it delicious. And others, not so much. I'm, so I, you you can get it at locations owned by uh, such wonderful franchises as as McDonald's, right? Uh, in other parts of the world, like wrapped in kelp, served up on a golden platter oh. like sushi, uh, like you no, know, I'm spam. Mind, like it it it's it's actually used in a high end culinary as well. Well, at least this article references some of this. Yeah, because nothing tastes quite like spam. Correct. And that is also mentioned in this article. So this article references that it was a six-ingredient food product. And it took on a life of its own, which I, I think is a fair summary. In, in, this is in 2014. It celebrated its 77th anniversary, which is kind of interesting. It's an urban yeah, it's- legend. Now, the, the word spam, we were talking about this the other night. It's still up in the air, even according to read through. I read through this article, and it's like, 
you know, lots of people, you know, some people were like scientifically processed animal matter. Yeah. You know, Especially making. processed American meat in the big war. Yeah. I've heard uh shoulder of pork and ham. And I, I saw allegedly. That's the one that, that's the uh, one that almost stuck. Yeah. Allegedly. Um, it was just a truncation of spiced ham. Uh, Although there were no spices. So that was. Well, you don't have to be article. salty about it. There's a lot of salt in this thing, too. And we don't need to pepper up the conversation with discussions of spices. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. So uh, the, apparently there was there was some party that went on and some relative of the Hormel, one of the Hormel people, or a guest at this party, there were drinks involved and they were launching this, you know, alternative meat thing and and he just said spam, and they're like, "That's it. That's the. That's what." And they just ran with it. That seemed the most yeah. believable. Sure, yeah, but right. he, like he knew. Yeah, he knew where it came from. What, whatever it was, whatever it may have been, like he knew there was some something. But yeah, I I always like shoulder of pork and ham. That's about as adequate as you can describe that delicatessen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the guy's name was Kenneth. He was the the brother of a Hormel VP who was credited for naming this product. As Hormel tells this story as they when they were launching. It was at a New Year's Eve party, by the way. So How we, much, we'd like uh, to put these champagne was involved in this discussion. Well well now that you know people go back and they're getting out and hanging out with other people, people need this kind of talk. Like you're going out on a Friday. I mean, you know, our pod drops plenty of time for people to make notes and you know just bring up these random fucking conversations at the party it, it'll be hit yeah like yeah. where did spam come from mm -hmm. right Maybe but it I, does have a sordid history because yeah. apparently and I, 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 well so at some point in time you know they did a deal with the military servicemen and they were you know women and they were they were sending this canned meat product um, to them. But they were also s sending other canned meat products. Mm -hmm. So then the Hormel people started keeping the hate mail. But they weren't sure if it was just their product or just the whole thing in general. But, you know, the idea that that it lasted, you know what I mean? And then mm -hmm. there was some pushback of like, you know, <laughs> do you want to go back to what you were getting served? Because it turns out it's kind of hard, you know, to put meat in a thing for months. Yeah, no, can, canned and preserved meats. Ugh. That's a risky yeah. business, like whether it be spam or anchovies or sardines, smoked mm -hmm. oysters. Like, you know, you crack the tin and you always wonder what's going to be underneath. Like, uh, here we are. Let's yeah, see what's happening. But some of them happening. are delicious. Uh, and some of them of are very, very subpar. So, And then it, it, I got into this whole... This, this this product has had such a weird history. You know, it's... it's in, in, And again, it's kind of fun to go look around like Spam and Eggs and, you know, Hormel announces Spam, like all that early stuff. You know, way back because this again, this was what, 70, 80, well, 80, 80 plus years ago. Spam and salad, spam dandy dinners, 
you know, America's number one sandwich, which some of this, and I do, I apologize if anybody's listening to this, you know, who hasn't eaten lunch or dinner, because, you know, I, I don't, I, I tweet sometimes about, I don't like certain photos coming in at certain times on the Twitters because it makes me hungry. So I'm just, yeah. I'm throwing that out there. It's going to be a policy at the 14 questions. If we talk about chips or spam. <laughs> yes. People might get hungry. Yeah, so, yeah, no, spam, it's it's interesting. I, I can't recall the last time or the first time I ever ate it, so it must not be that good. But I know I've had it a little bit. That, that you know that you ate it. Well, fair enough, right? Right. You know, it's, I mean, it's, to me, spam is, spam is akin to, like, gas station hot dogs and subpar bologna. Like, that, that's where it lands for me. It's just a re reconstituted meat product. Where you go, I, I, I'm eating a thing because it's food, but also I'm yeah. not really craving this thing either. So there we are. But so it's got this bizarre past. So you know, here in the United States, apparently, um, sanctions were pl placed in in Hawaii and on the residents, rest restricting you know, deep sea fishing and stuff. Some fights going on between other countries and waters and stuff like that. Which, I mean, I, I always just assumed spam was sort of a thing there because they're an island. But then I also forget you're an island, but you have access to fresh things like fish. But apparently they had to start using this thing or it was one of the options they had. So, you know, yeah, they, sure. they, culinary wise, and I mean, like quite culinary wise, at homes and in restaurants, it was like we got to we got to do we got to pivot we got to use the thing. So apparently, they came up with some stuff that people you know now it's celebrated and people love it and love to hear from the listeners if anybody has actually gone to one of these spam festivals. Yeah, I have not, so and I wouldn't be I opposed because again, like if you get like a cast iron pan hot enough and you sear it and like caramelize the edges and go. It's like, I, I have to imagine, no offense to you, that it might end up somewhat akin to delicious Canadian bacon. It, we're, we're, I mean... Where, where are we going with that? Canadian bacon is bacon, right? It, 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 it doesn't come out of a fucking can. No, it doesn't come out of a can, but it's also Just not bacon. It's, it's not, bacon. It's not bacon. It's bacon. Y'all, y'all in the land of the maple leaf can call it bacon all you want to, but it's not under any circumstances. We'll have this. Bacon. We'll have this fucking fight at a future podcast. Do a whole pod podcast on this, if that makes sense. That it so, does. Do you want to take a quick break? Check our um, technical side of things, and then and then get right back. That sounds good to me. All right, folks, let us go check on a thing or two. We'll be right back. Well, we had to uh, take a quick break, so we are back. 
and to test a few things technically too. So not that anyone wants to know that. No, nah, probably not, but you know, probably not. every once in a while, again, for those that listen on the regular, we're trying a new platform considering going live with a podcast, which will be really interesting if that ever happens. Yeah. Um, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. What we, what we need are like 10,000 people from, 40 different countries in the same room with us. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah. Oh, it'd be great. It. So it'd be great. Anyhow, fancy spam. That's where we left it. Fancy spam. Fancy spam as opposed to like spam, just average run well, I mean, the stuff status got, quo spam. They, they, they were calling it army stew stuff got returned. They banned fish. The fishing industry was, you know, whatever, but Hawaii seemed to embrace this thing and start cooking with it. And apparently, you know, did a really good job. They have a festival out there. Yeah, no, it's again. I've lived in places that have anchovy festivals. I've lived in places that have corn festivals. So why not a spam festival? It only seems reasonable. What's called a spam jam, by the way. I'm still oh the spam jam. God, yeah, I'm still reading twenty five twenty four like, thousand pot- potable meat. Right, like here it is. Yeah. It'll keep on the shelf for a while. It it's not disgusting and awful. Right out of the can. Right. So how do you church it up and make it into a thing? Right. Uh, so, I mean, so it, they got fancy over there in Hawaii. And then, you know, Korea and Japan. I mean, I guess also being islands and then problems with fishing, fisheries. They, you know, they improvised. Yeah. From but time it, to time. You just need that protein. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm reading down this article still, and, you know, some famous people are quoted here. So, you know, Alan Wong, you know, he dubbed Spong. I guess he created his own spam. Spong? Spong, yeah. That, that um, sounds like this, nothing I would ever want to put in my mouth. Well, and, well, I mean, I'm air quoting it here. Well, it is quoted in the article written in 2011. But, you know, some fancy New York restaurant-y folks that have restaurants here and there and some fancy restaurants in places like Hawaii. And, you know, basically, you know, this stuff was covered in some top line stuff in New York times and other, other magazines and food stuff. Apparently it was pretty good. Yeah. And then this a little bizarre factoid here. I didn't realize that California where it quotes in this article and I'm, you know, I don't want to, you know, reference the article in case it's wrong, but the article says, there was a uh, a ban of foie gras in California, so that also spawned this use of this popular adaptation of a thing. You know, <laughs> I to, mean, foie gras is banned in many, many places. I, I yeah. think the entire U.S. like actual foie gras. Yes. Uh, so, because, you know, animal cruelty issues and whatnot. But I, I, yeah, that, that being said, um, I don't see spam as being the uh, replacement <laughs> at all. But rest like, assured, listeners, this like, is all going to be explained. This, this is not foie gras. This is Braunschweiger, and it's not the same right. thing. <laughs> so n- now there's, you know, there's, I didn't even realize this. Okay, Brandon, did you know this? There's a spam museum. And this does not surprise me in the slightest. But what's, surpri- what's surprising is 
later this year, so this article was written in 2014, the museum temporarily closed to move to its new space. Okay? So, basically, this they have this massive downtown thing in, in Austin, Texas, of all places, because I guess they employ a bunch of spam people there. Um, and they have a museum. Interesting. Yeah. What's the, is that where Hormel resides? Like, is that is not that ori- not originally according to my notes, but maybe hmm. that is interesting. Where they are. Yeah, I don't I don't know um, offhand. I'm I'm just curious. Like, how did you land in that city and go? We're we're yeah. building a museum to spam. Yeah. Other other than I think according here, it's like forty one hundred people work for Hormel within the Austin area. So maybe it's just okay, where yeah. they are or. Because apparently they have they have stuff all over the world, right? Yeah, they, they have they a don't PO box in Delaware, but they manufacture their product yeah. in a number of different places. You know, it's all speculation. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but then spam—it's become a thing, right? In, well, in, this uh, is the this is the crazy fucking thing we were talking about the other night. It's like, how did this this meat product that we're not even really sure, no one can really say where the name came from. How has this evolved into the etymology, or what is the etymology? What's the true etymology of all of this? And you found a reference. I, I did, yeah. So, you know, we talk about spam calls and spam email and spam, 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 and spammers and being spammed. And uh, you go, how how did this all come to be when it comes to technology and, and the like? That and, spam and you, became it, the word. And you threw this reference out before I started digging in and doing show notes in this particular article, and I'll put it in our on our web page and our face spaces and feeds and all that kind of stuff. Um, it comes back to that exact same reference. Yeah, no, I, th- yeah. I think uh, you can confirm through multiple sources that somebody wrote a script that sent a lot of unwanted emails in the mid to late 1990s and somebody likened it. Some of the listeners somebody likened it to a thing that they were familiar with. And they said, Oh man, it's like going to that fucking greasy spoon restaurant in the land of Monty Python. And we'll touch on it more after this. So for those not familiar, there was a, uh, a a sketch in the Monty Python show years ago. Uh, Greasy Spoon Diner. Let me set the stage. And every meal on the menu had spam. And it was like spam with a side of spam, spam, spam. And spam and eggs with a side of spam and spam and spam and spam. Or sausage and spam and eggs with a side of spam, spam, spam. I.e., Anything you could order had a thing you probably didn't want, which was spam. Uh, yeah. So somebody wrote a script. It's a trope. It, it yeah. sent a lot of emails, unsolicited, unsolicited emails, and someone likened that to the Monty Python sketch and said, man, 
like getting all these just inundated upon you like bam 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 buy this buy that buy this buy that buy that it wasn't necessarily a scam uh, it was simply just unwanted email they're like it's like going to that greasy spoon diner from the monty python show where everything is spam now i'm gonna i'm gonna and it's stuck right well it yeah but it the first reference before it was re- before we called this stuff spam but the first reference to this actually was in 1978 before the internet on ARPANET. And there was a issue there where basically, you know, scripting and they were pushing stuff out. Um, and then Usenet thereafter, during the time of Usenet, and then we were going into what we know as the, what we know as the internet now, the name spam actually started to be first applied i'm seeing the reference of 93 so whatever that generation was that you know was watching a lot of monty python it's probably mine um started referring to this unsolicited stuff that you couldn't stop coming at you as spam that's a fair assessment right yeah and then it gets really interesting because it, it doesn't take too long for people to get really annoyed by this stuff so in, in 96, there's discussion of the male abuse prevention system, IP tracking, you know, the ISPs at that time, there weren't that many of them were trying to control this stuff. Because it, it, it and there were blacklists of, of people that were using certain IPs to push, you know, basically emails and spamming people online, which I could see the day, it, it, it could have taken over. You know what I mean? To the point where if you if you don't control this fucking stuff, no one likes the experience. No one wants to get online and just be. It was like pop. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it, same fucking thing. It was it was the the digital equivalent. Excuse me. Brandon sneezing, by the way, folks. He's just on mute right now. He'll be right back. Yes. No. I, <laughs> very very. I, I knew it was coming. I was like, I'm going to sneeze really really hard right now. So buy me some time but yeah it's the digital equivalent of what uh america online did with their floppy disks and cds yeah fair enough <laughs> and then they were like no one else can do this to us like at that point in time for most most human beings in the united states and probably other places in the world america online was the internet and it was spamming you constantly yeah you'd, so the- you'd be like eh, my, maybe my grandmother sent me a card this week and then amongst that are like 12 three and a half inch floppy disks and two cds because we were in Everybody. a transition of technology right. from aol going hey put this in you get what was it like 10 free minutes of internet access yeah, if you just dump that in and I, I can't even imagine like thinking about it now i, I want to buy like a hundred and forty thousand usb drives and just send them to people and go free internet plug this free. in plug it in See what happens. Nothing possibly could go wrong. No, no, not at all. So the the male abuse prevention system, so the MAPS, was developed in 96, um, according to my notes here, by David Rand and uh, Paul Vixie, who were internet software engineers. And and basically all this was is it was just a blacklist of IP addresses. And I'm paraphrasing. It's a little more complicated than that. But they would would find uh, stuff that was objectionable, I can't speak. It's not even Monday. It's Tuesday. Um, 
and then trace where this stuff was coming from. So thank God they did a thing because, you know, it started, this started to, you know, snowball, obviously. Yeah, no, I think it's imperative, you know, whether early or late. And thankfully they were relatively early to start establishing uh, patterns and behavior of of the spammers or people spamming. Because to your point, it, it could become just massively overwhelming. Well, that, and, and it became a serious problem. So they were starting to understand the concept of spam filtering. Um, you know, I'm, I'm reading, you know, there's some other references here, but I'll just skip over them because it gets too much in the weeds. But interesting enough, so picture this. May, t- May 2000, I thought it was older than this, Brandon, but May 2000, all uppercase, I love you in the subject line. Do you remember that email? I don't know. So it's a reference to an email that contained a computer worm that infected. This is when it became nefarious, like really, really bad. And all it did was have, I think it's because it's now known as the I love you, the I love you email. And tens of millions of Windows personal computers were just wiped out. Like this worm was just pervasive. And then you get into... June 2021, 2001, sorry, um, where ORBS was sued in New Zealand and shortly thereafter. I mean, this stuff blows up all around the, all around the world. And all of a sudden in 2003, it gets fucking serious. And they're like, this is getting out of control. Because this isn't just annoying to people. They're trying to infect computers and take down operating systems and so on and so forth. Yeah, no, um, again, if you... Like, send enough emails, people are going to click on a thing. So, from a marketing standpoint, brilliant. Like, we have this new platform where we can just reach millions, if not tens of millions of people, and maybe they buy the product. But then you go, oh, are we delivering something nefarious? Right. Then the tables really turn quickly. Quickly. So... Um, can spam the act of 2003, which was, um, introduced by the, uh, George W. Bush, um, presidency that those folks in December 16th, they established the first standard for sending commercial emails and they put it under over here in the United States, they put it under the FTC, which is the federal trade commission, um, to, to also have its teeth of its enforcement provisions. And, then things get really kind of interesting because people start going to jail. Now here, everybody, I would assume, knows who Bill Gates is if they listen to this podcast, right? Founder of Microsoft. Um, I found this quote that that Bill Gates said, spam was soon to be a thing of the past. You got, hey, Bill, that, nothing against you. That was you a bold claim. Yeah, you got that one wrong because, uh, yeah, it's still here. Turns out. But now, and now it gets into, you know, they started, people actually started going to jail for sending these unsolicited emails on the FTC here. And, you know, they had to make examples out of a few folks. Um, and then it just carries on and stuff all around. I mean, there was a, there was a big issue in, in Australia and there was another um, issue in the UK you know, public nuisance stuff. And all these countries obviously have their own rules and regulations of how they're going to enforce and go after and find these folks. Um, and it's it, it's affected countries all over the world. And, and to this day, it still does. 
And it's pretty, I'm, again, it, we, we went from trying to do a funny podcast to uh, touching into technology and getting into something that's otherwise pretty pretty serious and pretty annoying. Yeah, nobody likes being spammed. No. And it, it, I mean, it is. If, if nothing else, if you're savvy enough, you just go, God damn it, I'm being spammed again. Whether it be through text messaging or you know, telephone communication now, we get... Oh, we'll get to voicemails we'll get to left with email, yeah. etc. Et like it's constant, and then you know Facebook Messenger, any of the other social media messaging platforms, it is constant. Well, and if you think about this, the ISPs, so folks, your internet service providers, whether or not that's you know your Googles or your wherever your email servers are and stuff like this, and these are pretty recent surveys, but. Um, I'm just scanning my notes here. Do 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 do. Um, basically, when they started to to sample how much spam was moving around, which if I ran a company and I had anything that was indicating like 57 percent of shit that was moving around my email server was just garbage, that'd piss me off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're trying to do a service for you know folks all around the world and do a thing. I could understand some of it. But when it gets that pervasive, I mean, that starts to have a really serious drag effect, right? In terms of them having to control something, trying to offer a service. I mean, you know, you're just creating traffic jams with, with but nobody's in the fucking car. Yeah, no, it's 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 like a DDoS attack mm-hmm. of like the mental bandwidth the end user has. You know, to, so to say, like spam could get out of control. Yeah. It's constant, bam, 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 bam. And I don't have the bandwidth to filter through all of it. So I'm missing important emails. I'm missing client emails. I'm missing everything else. It's uh, well, Let's be honest. The prince from Nigeria, right? You got it. You got the $1 million thing because he would send, send you $3 million. Uh, man, just he only sent me like 20000 but you, you probably saw the because it became account, like right? more feasible. <laughs> like twenty grand is is a little more feasible than a three million. Yeah, I mean it's amazing, and and now we call this stuff. It's even labeled on my 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 current OS on my phone that I use. Now that it's matriculated into the world of SMS, um, and then also just direct phone calls, which is you know, robo calling, which I find one of the most absolutely annoying just I, I don't know who you have to be to do that I mean you and I were talking about this though I mean obviously some it, it works like who sits around and does this shit I mean it's computers folks now it's AI and, and machine learning it used to I guess you used to have to actually have people sit in cubicles that would make calls to ask you about your most recent you know car payment or warranty or whatever the fuck they're trying to sell you yeah I most mean, annoying shit in the world but, you know Robocalling has its benefits and its downsides. Whether whether it be like it, half the time you call into a major corporation, you're not even speaking to a human being anymore. We'll get to that in another episode. That's another <laughs> so, one of my fucking annoyances. Like, it it does have pluses and minuses, but yeah, the idea of a thing that just spins out tens of thousands of numbers calls them randomly. And uh, maybe we get one on the hook. Maybe we don't. You know, well, it's not the best. Ideas. 
smaller groups got ideas. Yeah. And then you get scams, and then you get, you know, identities stolen. I mean, the, the, the thing's just shitty. I mean, we, we talked about this even pre-going into global pandemic, because this was getting absolutely, completely prevalent and hitting people. It's just, it's just shitty. People can make an inadvertent mistake or, you know, or just be dumb, but, you know. But anyhow, it's it's nice to see that they've actually, there's some teeth to some of these laws around the world for doing a thing. Yeah, ultimately, yeah, again, we've, we've talked about this before on the podcast, where we need new legislation uh, to regulate the quote-unquote Wild West. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of the internet and we're not seeing it at the speed that maybe it should be done, but also people don't have the understanding and legislators. A lot of them don't have the understanding to do it correctly. So there's yeah, a or the smartest way. Yes, I mean, they did correct the former administration here in the United States. You know, I, I guess they did get this done. They got the um, telephone robo abuse, criminal enforcement, um, deterrence Act, you know, aptly named Trace. They love their acronyms up there in the hill. Um, in 2019, which is good. I'm glad everyone's annoyed by this stuff. Um, and they feel, and again, it's not just an annoyance. Going to your point, Brandon, like I've had certain, it, it'll go away forever on my on my personal devices, right? On my SMSs, who's texting me or just robocalling. But then at times, it's like cat and mouse and they figure out a way and, and you'll get these constant interruptions. I'll be on telephone calls, you know, some important, some not important waiting for a call that I'm expecting. And it, it is incredibly disruptive, you know, and it, people, it, it's just fucking annoying. You're not yeah. wrong. No, I did once though. I did have, there were, too fun. We got so bad. It's a couple of years back. You know, I was sitting there with a family member, and they were getting a robocall, and I was getting a robocall at the same time. <laughs> You're like, should I answer or should you answer? No, you know what I did. I I answered both of them, and then I merged the call, and then put it on speaker so I could listen. Yeah, to that's them. a wonderful policy Talk to, to have. And muted the phone and just sat there smiling, <laughs> with it completely confused. It was it was actually one of the more brilliant. I could you know, comment on it, but I won't here on the podcast you know, about fun moments. Uh, very yeah. similar circumstances that have occurred in the past. Yeah, you know, some once in a while I get a, a bright idea that turns out to amuse people. <laughs> that was one of them. It's I not the worst I idea. Third, I wish I had a third phone to video the whole thing. Because both of them were like, well, what are you, what are you asking me for? Well, I'm asking for, the, you know, it's just they didn't know. Yeah, I was like, whatever. Yeah. That's fucking fun shit. So, both, got me both, up paid, both paid to be there to elicit information. So, yeah. <laughs> Go Scam away, folks. Another, yeah. Talk Carry amongst on. yourselves. See what happens. Yeah. Now, that's funny. Yeah. So, I mean, this stuff, and, and again, and I, I can read down other notes I made about, you know, in 2014, this, that, and the other, here and there. It's, it's, and it's, it's every, it's everywhere in the world. Um, they're trying to control this stuff, but, um, you know, maybe we'll do another podcast, get deep into the weeds on how the actual mechanics of this work. Oh, I would love to, because yeah. it's very interesting. 
when you dive yeah. into that side of the thing. Well, and the fact that, you know, it's supposed to improve customer experience and this and that and the other, but half the time, to your point, you're either chatting with a bot or chatting with AI, which can improve things, I guess. Um, I would like to do an episode on that. I think that would be fun and amusing. Yeah, that'd be cool, too. Of how to take a, you know... The, the machine doesn't minute. have emotions, so... There's that. You can bitch at it, right? Like, <laughs> a lot of people that reach out to... Uh, oh, yeah, that scream at people over the phone. Like, yeah, yeah, like, I'm so that. dissatisfied with my service and I fuck you and everything. Like, the machine doesn't care. It just yeah. listens to what you have to say and then evaluates how valid your anger is as opposed to feeling personally attacked. Like, there are good applications for those technologies. But again, that's a, a podcast for another time. But I yeah, do find sure. it interesting. Yeah, it is. Rather. As we've said before, every new technology has the potential to advance society or be used for nefarious purposes. Yeah. Which side of the coin do you land on? I don't know, but that's kind of where we are. For sure. So anyhow, you want to leave it there and um, ask our listeners, if anybody eats Spam, has a Spam recipe, Oh, yeah. If you you can tell me how to make Spam taste like a New York strip or a filet from Peter Luger in New York, please, please let me know. That'd be funny, yes. Not that I'm implying it's beef, um, but, you know, I'd love to eat delicious Spam. I've yet to experience that in practice, so... Well, we would be Here doing we that if we were actually in a live version of this that we're beta testing right now. Because that would be fun. Because that would go really well with we'll, mics. And we'll throw a grill things. up and go, hey. Hey. Whoever can cook, show. cook the best spam. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll do another. We'll do something else in the feed. We'll have uh, 14 recipes or, uh, you know, whatever. Anyhow, folks, we're digressing. So that we are. Hopefully, hopefully we're over our um, technical hiccups getting our minds wrapped around the thing over here so i hope so as well yeah yeah we will we will see so you want to leave it there yeah that's a good place to jump off so if there's nothing else to be said then there's only one thing left to be said and that is until next time Got questions? Need answers? Find them on the 14 Questions Podcast. Welcome to our podcast, where we, along with our frequent guests, will be answering your questions regarding a wide variety of topics, including current events, lifestyle, politics, and of course, popular culture. The 14 Questions Podcast is brought to you by Podhouse Media and Dive Pod Productions. Be sure to find us on the web at 14questions.org, on Twitter at The14Questions, look us up on Facebook at 14Questions, and of course find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Podcasts.